Since we're about to begin, I say let the Wookiee win. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers and with me as always is... Declan Kitchener! Hello! We are much more awake than we were last week. Yes! Yes we are! <laughs> You're still doing that thing from the other day when we recorded some harmonies for, uh, for Declan's track. Uh, tomorrow, and we were like kind of practicing the notes before we were to sing them on the on the take. And we were just talking like this. We got to remember this note for the chord we're about to sing. We were very musical Daleks. This must get annoying to listen to. It We've does, lost yeah. listeners already. Right, yeah, we have lost subscribers. Um, right, if you have not listened to the weekly song podcast before, what the idea is is that Roger and I each go away, ev- uh, each go away every week to write a song from scratch in seven mm-hmm. days. We then come onto this podcast and play them to each other and then dissect them. Exactly. There is, there is no other word for it. We literally tear these songs apart. We really do. Um, and so also another thing we do on the podcast is we kind of take it in turns of who goes first each week um, just to kind of keep it fair and spicy. So uh, last week I went first. So this Spicy week, like a Moroccan dinner. This week it's Declan with his... Um, uh, Dalek being carried by Tuscan Raiders? Jar Wars. Oh, They're Jar Wars. I get How do you not know? I, Tuscan this. Raiders are the ones with guns who are scary, and Jar Wars are the ones who just go, Oh, teeny. I can't go that high, as you, as you can hear. <laughs> who go, Oh, teeny. Right. Right, this is my song that I've written in a week. I uh, haven't practiced it much. We've already had to do one take, and I've had to stop and start again. This song is called Fulcrum. This week, bit of a short one. Well, same here actually on my on my part, but a short one, but a good one. I like that. Thank you. What does fulcrum mean? Um, fulcrum has no relevance to the rest of the song. Um, in oh god, I'm about to betray my nerdiness. In the current TV show Star Wars Rebels, fulcrum is an alias used by multiple characters mm. who are spies within the Imperial network. Okay. So they're imperial turncoats. So there's no relevance between, like, 
into a reference between that and... The words. No, it's just literally a nice word and I thought I'm going to write that into a song. Hey, hang on. You're doing what I normally do. Yeah. You're, I, you're taking a word I'm from... nicking all of your ideas, which is nicking other people's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got like a third hand uh, technique there. Yeah. No, I really like it. I really think it's a really good song. Um, Thank you. It's quite laid back for you, I think. It's intended to be a bit more heavy. Um, the way it came about is I was sat with my electric guitar. I was playing electric guitar. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I just ended up playing this sequence of notes. I don't know, how do I say this without sounding clumsy? It's kind of like got like a self-contained feel and melody to it already, right off the bat, those notes, that... You can yeah. just loop that over and over and it has that feel to it, so... Yeah, that's, um, I sort of thought, that's got some nice movement and if no one else has written that, I'm gonna nick it. Have it. So I did. But then that sort of, uh, inf basically, Apart from that middle bit, which I'm intending for it to be like a guitar solo or something like that, all the song moves along that movement, but it does it in slightly different ways. Like the chorus obviously just goes along that main melody. Mm -hmm. Along that sort of stuff. Um, the verse does something similar. doing there is the first half of that is the same chords as the first half of the song up to the point where it goes down so same chords but then it goes instead of going to a G minor it goes to an E flat major I can yeah I see the what you've done there and it just goes back up the same pattern again and then that resolves back to your F uh, yeah I must say, I really like the, uh... now correct me if I'm wrong with the, the name of the part, but the chorus melody, the dead say what you mean to me. I've probably got the lyric there, but that's a really nice little lift. I really like that. Thank you. That's literally just me thinking, well, I want guitars to be doing, big guitars to be doing that riff. There's no room to put a vocal, except just on that chord, so just mm. what fits. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay, that works. <laughs> I can picture this being a good one to like record, like like you say, fully as a, as a band sort sort of sound. Yeah. At I some point, it's yeah. got that sort of feel to it in a way. Even though it's sort of laid back, it works both acoustic and full band wise as well. Yeah, this is heavier in my head than I think it is in yours. I'm kind of picturing like, and I know I used this comparison last week, but like first Foo Fighters sound. I could I can sort, sort of big see that. me ish, you know. I think maybe slightly heavier than Big Me, but just like heavy distortion single notes. Oh, okay. Sort of thing. Like, so the... But then you might have like another guitar doing the... I like that chord as well. Yeah, so do I. I was, lo I was looking at that one where you were playing it. Because um, what that is meant... What I was trying to do there was um, put the major third in the bass of F because the song is in the key of F. So the first chord is F, there's a passing note of G, and then the first sustained note after that is A. So what I wanted to do was something like that. Okay. But um, it's not very practical to try and do that in the open position. It's doable, but it's awkward. So... I just went up to an A minor shape, so I thought, right, I can either just do a D shape at the top and put an A in the bass, I can put that, I can put the major third back in again, so essentially you've got an octave A there. Another option is to do that, but that's awkward to get to, so I just ended up playing the A minor shape and putting that F on. So what it, in this sequence of notes, what it implies is like a major seventh. Right, okay. Like an F major 7th with an A in the bass. Yeah. It's got a great sound to it. It's a beautiful chord. 
And it just really wants to go there too, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know that there's much more to say about this song. It's really that simple and that short. How about, um, if you don't want to go into detail, but how about, like, how about lyrically? Like, uh, what sort of inspired the, uh, what kind of got that on the paper, so to speak? Um, I don't know. It's just about this feeling that you... I can't tie it down to a specific thing, but it's about that feeling of, like, you just look at someone mm. and you realise you haven't seen eye to eye in a while. Mm. And you're wondering who's going to make the first move, who's going to admit first. Right. That they uh, haven't really been communicating properly for a while. Right, OK. Like, um, it's not about anyone specific, it's just sort of... That general feeling. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I suppose... Well, I suppose it is related to the spy thing I was saying earlier, like, um, mm. as if you're lying to someone all the time. I suppose that must have triggered something off in my head, but um, that's all it really bit. Or it really is, although I have noticed um, I'm using battle metaphors a little bit more. I used right. one in the first song of this weekly podcast, which was um, uh, end, end of the Line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, because yeah, I used yeah. uh, We Will Plant Our Flags in the Ground and um, draw our battle lines and everything. And now in this one, I'm going, Are we holding back for a last attack? Do I surrender or do I let you do your worst? Uh, so more battle metaphors and trench humour last week, like yeah, you exactly. said. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so you got those the battle lyrics going on. My but... songs are becoming more militaristic. <laughs> I like it, it's good. Really, really good. Thank you. Right, I believe this means that this is time for your song. <laughs> uh, I'm looking boy. forward to this. Well, okay. Shall I explain my title gimmick now, or...? Do what you feel is right. Okay, right. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it now. I'm not going to say about the song yet, but basically, I had the idea. I was listening to comics of Kenobi, <laughs> and I decided to call it "At Last a Jedi No More." <laughs> no, I, I said, not I said. In my head, I said. I thought. Um, that's I... the album. That's the um, podcast. This one is <laughs> either that or spicy like a Moroccan dinner. <laughs> I think that's pretty good too, actually. But in, in my head, I was thinking after last week, I was like, it would be kind of cool to do the last three songs of this run has like related titles, like three related titles of like a certain type, like three types of vegetable or three types of um, relationship, like father, mother, sister, something like that. And so I texted uh, my friend Joe of Be Green Boat and I said to him, I want to do three types of a something. Could you give me some ideas of like, threes, you know, groups of three, and he said, okay, right, is this what you mean? And he sent me, like, this list of, like, 20 types of threes, you know, and, um, and, uh, one of them was cocktails, and okay. I don't know why I was drawn to that one, he sent me, like, loads of It's because you stuff. desperately want to drink. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that, but I was, like, going through, and I was like, okay, these ones are good, these ones are good, so I'm not going to tell you all three titles that he sent me, cocktail-wise, but this one... It's called Martini. And like yours, there's no like correlation between Martini as a drink and this song. It's just I like the title and it's part of that, that thing I'm doing. So, so uh, I'm going to play it to you on the piano. And uh, like yours, it's not really that rehearsed. Yeah, we, we are becoming very bad at writing a song in a week. Mm. It's true. It is very true.
you know There's always something deeper in the snow It's only love That's all But I want it back by popular demand There's something of the dying man in every action that I take Every decision that I make I'm restless and aching and tired of waiting with you I broke that spell so heaven could come and save you And I hope you stay around Oh, I hope you stay around There will be love Eventually I really quite like that. Thank That's you. That's quite nice. There were really a couple of hiccups in there, but you get the idea. I love that um, first sequence, of course. That sound like so... They sound so odd and jarring against each other, but they've got this nice movement about them. What are they? They are... You're probably going to have to tell me, actually, but... So basically, these chords, they alternate between these two things, basically. which is just flattening um, the, the major third to a minor third. Pretty much, yeah, but without a fifth, so... And then I was like, what, what notes could I put underneath that that would work? And so I ended up going, I won't do the rhythm, but just like the, the notes would be in the bass now, you've got that alternating thing in the, in the right, and then in the bass you've got um, a B flat, which is the root, and then an F sharp, over the second type of chord. And then... That's really interesting what you've done there. Yeah? Because <clears throat> what you're sort of implying is like a movement between B flat major yeah. and F sharp major. Yeah, that's right. So then you got, yeah, B flat major and F sharp major, and then moving that right hand back up to a B flat major type of thing, but putting a G in the bass, so you got a G minor. And then, it's really hard to kind of describe this actually, and then to that minor shape again, um, with a D sharp in the bass. Oh bloody hell, that's a difficult chord. <laughs> that's why I'm playing it on piano. <laughs> and then move that shape of the peace sign down to an F sharp major with a D sharp in the bass. And if that's kind of dizzying to listen to me talk about, I'll just kind of play that again so you can kind of hear what that actually sounds like. Wait. So, which is, I've got to say, I'm pretty pleased with that like whole progression there. That's quite cool. But uh, the way it kind of came about was I needed to write a song for the Weekly Song Podcast. and Seeing as it is our job. And uh, exactly, we get paid a lot of money for this, so... Um, we don't. Please pay us. So, yeah, I needed to come up with something, and it had been like... I'd had a really busy week, and then last night I tried to write something on guitar, and it didn't work out too too fantastic, so... I sat down, because I have a piano in my kitchen, and I was eating breakfast this morning, and I kind of, I play it as I eat, sometimes. So, I, I was just playing the piano and eating breakfast in the kitchen, and I just put my fingers down, like a big lump of fingers on the piano. It's a beautiful feeling, that, when you just whack your hands on it, and it just comes out with this weird, interesting chord. It's like, ooh, that's cool, how does this work? Like, what happened there? That was really nice. And so, the chord was this. I'll play each of the notes, and then I'll play it as a whole. That sounds like your scale at the beginning of it. Yeah, it is, yeah. I, is that another whole tone scale, or is that just... It's not, it's, um, I'll tell you the notes. C, D sharp, F sharp, no, D, fuck. Let me start there, sorry. C, D sharp, F, F sharp, 
B-flat and the C octave. And I was like, that's so cool, but what does it resolve to naturally? And it puts I, you in I position for your first round. The B-flat, and then now my fingers are already in position and I've already kind of covered that so already I've kind of got this thing and I was just sat there for no no exaggeration like two hours just kind of going with no lyrics and um you'd be surprised how often that happens to both of us like <laughs> Like was, Sam was messaging me the other day, like, oh, like, so you just need to write some words. I was like, no, literally, I'm just scatting over the top of this. Like, just trying to. It can be nice to have like just the scat, but it's kind of annoying at the same time. But at least you got the melody, and so I had the melody, and I was like, I don't really know what to write about exactly, and so and I knew the whole week I've known I've had this uh, this title uh, Martini. Martini. That's it, um, and I was like. I can't actually write about Martini because there's no, there's nothing emotional to it. And so I thought I'd write quite an honest song this week, um, kind Ooh. of after our discussion last week about how I use reference quite a lot, I thought I wouldn't use any reference in this. And um, without going into too much detail, it's nothing like serious or crazy or anything, but the song's kind of about having like an addiction or a bad habit and wanting to kind of kick it and uh, kind of falling down over and over again and finding yourself back in the same place. Um, and I wanted to kind of write about that from like a personal standpoint and um, I kind of put that down and ended up with um, you know this song and especially with the lyric um, it's such a strange addiction such a strange embrace you get from something that can't hold you at all yes and uh, so yeah I wanted to kind of write something more like you know right from the heart sort of this yeah. way because I usually kind of like step around stuff so. so this one, like, I, there was, I did wonder if there was something to the lyrics this week. I, I do like the way it sort of goes through multiple segments as well, though. Like, um, mm. I love the way it just repeats, there will be love at the end. Like that same sort of, mm. in inverted cor uh, commas, chorus bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the chords are, but like... That's it, you got it. It's that, it's that crazy triumph chord progression thing that, that I do and you do this last week. Oh, yeah, so... That was a nice one. Um, yeah. Like, uh, when you're sat down at your piano and you're writing something like this, yeah, how on earth do you sort of think, well, that's it. That's one segment done. Another five to go now. How does that enter into your thinking? Because you do tend <laughs> to write... You, you write two kinds of songs. You write verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Or you <laughs> yeah. write, it's got all the segments in the world. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Um... Basically, I don't kind of go, right, that's that segment done, now the next one, and I've got a few more to do. It's more kind of like I go, I've exhausted this idea, like the kind of, um, that, whatever, I've exhausted that idea and I've got my verse there. I've said everything I can think to say in that emotional palette or lyrical palette from there. So I'm like, okay, what else can I do? And I'm like, okay, I'll slow it down because you can kind of like milk a bit more, I'm milking a cow's udder. Um, He's actually miming milking. <laughs> you can kind of get a different tone of things to say from like like that has a much a different, different place. Feel. Very much so. So I was like, okay, and I was gonna like speed up. I was gonna have it so it went like and do like a really slightly syncopated, slightly exactly syncopated. That's the, yeah. that's the word. And I was gonna do something like that, but then I slowed it down, and then. And I kind of knew I wanted to write a song about like kicking a bad habit, so I was like, now it's slow and a bit more emotional. I can kind of like put in more personal references to that. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'll pick it back up again. But I don't know. I've had this weird habit recently about whenever I'm on the piano, like you know, noticed, I'll kind of just do these weird like boom, 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 and like different parts all over the place. It's a very Black Sabbath thing to do. Like you notice a lot of their songs, they have like they go to one main riff and then. There was, there's in the Paranoid Classic albums documentary, like uh, Geezer Butler says stuff like, oh yeah, and then Ozzy just 
couldn't think of anything else and we wanted to put another riff in. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, for example, War Pigs is quite strong in the... Generals gathered in their masses. And they just, they get bored of that. And then when they're bored of that, because of... I think that's the thing, really, is, um... And then they have, like, two guitar solos. Sorry to interrupt. You kind of say, like, how do you do that when, like, you go, okay, that's that section, and then I've got to write a few more. It's the Black Sabbath thing of, like, we got bored. And that's the same with me. I'm, like, I'm writing, and I'm, like, okay, well, that's that. Okay, I still need another, like, four minutes of music. I can't just stop now, so I'll <laughs> see, write some more in a different See, you way. and I have different methods on that. I think, right, how many times can I get away with repeating all of this before <laughs> anyone notices? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, Not a lot this week, it turns out. I, I had the same thing um, with this one. Like, in the last verse, just before it ends, I was like, shall I just say the Martini's dog pound bit again? Mm. Um, and I was like, no, that bit's too weird anyway. Don't say it twice. Like, I think, I think yeah. the way you did end it with, like, um, there will be love is kind of a good, like, hopeful end. Yes, definitely. If I write a song about anything to do with this stuff, it's like, I want it to be like... Yeah, it's going to be alright. I don't want it to be like, I'm gonna be... it's just going to be shit forever. <laughs> yeah, everything is going to be awful forever. Yeah, totally. Secret emo Roger coming out. I know, I know. It doesn't happen very often, but... But, but it happens. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I just mentioned the dog pound thing, and... Um, I was going to ask about that. I don't know why it's in there, but I was when I was kind of scatting around on the piano earlier, one lyric that just kind of stuck and didn't really want to go away was... Martini's opening a dog pound on the corner of town, and he's invited me to come down and take a look around. It's just kind of rhyming. It's just, <laughs> it's just words, but it, ha it, it does... Do well, it's like that thing we were saying last week. It's like, well, in theatre they call it alienation. Right. Where you, um, like, it's a theatre technique where, for example, you have someone coming out onto the stage and saying, I am an actor, mm. I'm speaking lines right now which removes you from inclusion in the story, but it makes you think about what's happening on stage. Kind of like breaking the fourth wall, or is it like a different uh, type of technique? Yeah, it's breaking the fourth wall is an alienation technique, but um, mm. it's just taking your audience outside of a... This is, you can tell I'm a drama student, I'm getting very bullshitty here. It's taking your audience outside of a comfortable narrative mm. to make them look at what's happening from a fresh perspective. Right. So, for example... Uh, Stanislavski in theatre which is all naturalistic it's very much story based it's just like when you go and see a play and everyone pretends they're in a room uh, being other people and they never make reference to the fact that they're actors and you're expected to believe that they are these other people mm. whereas for example Brechtian theatre says no these are actors mm. they are speaking things that have been rehearsed uh, we are doing this for a reason there is a point to this look out for it, because we're going to make it very clear. It actually stems from um, 1930s Germany, actually. Like, uh, oh, right, OK. It was, a reaction to, um, it was a reaction to the growing Nazi regime at the time. Like, so they tried okay. to slip all these subtle messages in to show what they were thinking about the world, but obviously because there were restrictions on the art and everything. Mm. They couldn't do it directly through stories. They had to come up with these other ways to do it. It was very much an underground thing. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's Declan's... Um... Theatre education a two one off. A 2-1 at the worst university in the country is uh, good for something, apparently. Well, exactly. It's come out here, so... Um, but, yeah, so I had that kind of, um, like you say, alienation type of thing there. But, really, it was just like a, a lyric that wouldn't go away. I was like, I guess that lyric's staying. And I kind of like it, the dog pound thing. It's kind of like... Well, I can only think of you writing that lyric. I can't think of <laughs> anyone else who would write that lyric. <laughs> well... Um, I, I really can't think of much else to say about it unless you can think of any questions for it or anything. But that's kind of it. I think we're good. Cool. Right, shall we move on to the second half of this one then? Let's move week? on to the second half. Right, this week we thought we'd do something slightly different than having a conversation topic. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, take songs that we've written in the past, not necessarily weekly songs, and just try and dissect them a little bit and we're obviously going to play, uh, play them for you now. Mm. Just so you can hear them if you've never heard them before. So who's going first? I think you should go first, because you went first uh, with your weekly song this week, so... Fair enough. This song um, 
is... Fuck, I forgot what this song is called. <laughs> good start, good start. Oh, good. I play it semi-regularly as well. Um, this song is called No Surprise, and it goes like this. Like it doesn't. Like you need something more to be happening, and I've got that perfect resolve there anyway, happening with the. It's really good. Well, the whole song's really good. It's one of my favourites of yours, actually. Hooray! Which I don't think I've told you before, but it's just one of your most solidly written ones, and uh, I love that rhythm where it goes, do 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 do, boom boom, tchum doom, doom, you know. That's designed for electric guitar, that bit. Yeah, I can tell. Like um. I was trying it in a ba- out in a band recently, and it's just so much fun when you've just been like doing all soft and sus and you're doing all of that, and then you suddenly get to go. <laughs> Obviously, without the cable of your headphones uh, going against the. Uh, I kind of like the effect it made, actually. <laughs> Sounds like it's being strangled. But that one was—it's um, about the same sort of thing as End of the Line was about, really. But right. it's. It happened on the day that the breakup, in inverted commas, happened. Mm. Like, but I had the riff for ages. I think I've discussed this a little bit on podcasts in the past, but for ages I just had this riff that just went... And I just was struggling to find words for it for ages, up until what happened happened. Mm. 
And then it just literally poured out of me in the space of about 10 minutes. Wow. It's pretty much all the first draft as well. Wow, I, I do like it when that happens with songs. Yeah. And you have a real like knack, and I've said it with the song you wrote today, um, Fulcrum. Um, <laughs> you have um, to check your notes, sir. <laughs> um, when you say notes, you mean hand. <laughs> yeah, what he doodled on the back of his hand. Oh, I said it with Fulcrum too, but same with, um, with No Surprise. You have a real knack for writing self-contained riffs that can just go over and over and they're just like they have a real nice flow to them which so uh, yeah thank you i should take that as a compliment yeah you're welcome it's meant to us one but that was that main riff the... that's meant to be a bass okay so that's meant to be a bass like uh, doing the and then you have a guitar over it, over the top going But that, um, that's a guitar bit. That reminds me of something from, like, Fleetwood Mac. See, that, that's, I was sort of thinking that. It reminds, it reminds me of that one, um, that, oh, shit, I can never remember the name of it. It's my favourite song on Rumours, that one, Secondhand News. Just kind of the feel of that. Well, the bow 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 such a good song. It really reminds me of that. It's such a good album. Thank you. Uh, any comparison to Rumours, I'm going to fucking take that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, this is pretty much all in one key apart from the bridge where it does a... <laughs> Those two chords are the major third and the fourth. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the only chord that's out of key really? for the entire song. Actually, now you say that, I can kind of see it, because it is very much like, because your chorus is just 4, 5, and 6. Yeah, it's the beginning, that order, but... it's beginning of my affair with the 4, 5, and 6 chorus chord syndrome, which well, I'm desperately a... trying to break. <laughs> that was a heated, long affair. Yeah, it's still going on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, having said that, you don't do it quite as, like, obviously as you... I remember, like, last run, before, um, before this one. What, the... That one. Yeah, I yeah. think, I think. Well, you, could, you can't be blamed. I mean, it's a really nice bit of chord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that no, could be a possible title. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can't think of much else to say about this song, really. I like it. I mean, you covered your, your chords and your lyrics and that. It's just a really yeah. good song. Just a solidly written song. It's kind of hard to talk about songs when, like, they're done. Yeah. That's the thing, like, it's... It really baffles me, though. Like, it took me so long to get the words, but then when the words did come, they just fell out. It's weird. And, uh... Yeah. Like, I, w I was feeling pretty gutted that day as well. So, like, um... It didn't help, it made me feel worse. Well, but the thing is, that's like a big part of it, I reckon, because like, when, you, when you have something emotionally strong going on, it can kind of just fall out of you sometimes, you know? Yeah. It can just be like, oh, God, I didn't expect all that to come out, and then it does, so... I can say, the only, I can say there's only one thing I can remember about the words. Like, the only reason the word border is in there hmm. is because, A, it was about getting out of the Cornish border, so, A, we could have broke the border, hmm. but also it was about the time that uh, this was written in uh, 2016, around uh, summer. Mm. It was about the time that uh, Donald Trump was beginning to ask for bigger border control, so that word was just in my head. Right. So I know that's the only word I consciously put in there. Okay. And then the rest of it just kind of came out in Fell 10 out. minutes or yeah. so. Yeah. Wow. And they're, like, I mean, they're really good lyrics for coming out in 10 minutes. It's really, well, that's like... the thing, it's first draft as well. Like, yeah. Normally I try and write two or three drafts, and they may be very similar, but there'll be changes. That's literally just what came out of my head. Because you have that technique, don't you, that you told me about before, where you will write a second or third draft, like you say, and then it kind of improves even if it's the with, same, with those drafts. Even if it's the same words, you may think of a better way of saying it, or you may compress it to fit the melody better, or something like that. Yeah. It's funny how doing that just, like revising something can improve it whereas just reading it can't that's an interesting thing though but yeah. right yeah. I think we better move on to yours I guess we better I'm, I'm... <laughs> if I have a hit which I don't this is it <laughs> this is the one it's that, that everyone Christian knows Pony. yeah it's a regular Christian pony <laughs> 
I'm going to do the opposite of what you did, and I'm going to talk about mine before I play it. Oh, right. Just okay. to keep things spicy. More spicy than a Moroccan sarni, or whatever you said. I said spicier than a Moroccan dinner, but spicier than a Moroccan sarni is going <laughs> to... is winning. <laughs> did you say it's going to be the title? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be that is winning. Alright, so Captain Lebo. Hooray! Um, which is on Winter Take 5. Which is on Winter Take 5, buy it. Which please. I'm on. Yes, you are. Not on, with, not on Captain Lieber though. You're two tracks after Lieber. You're on Cosmo Kramer. Kramer. Yeah, yeah, but Captain Lieber is an awesome track. Explain why, Roger. Um, well, I'm not going to explain why it's awesome. That's your words, not mine. Um, okay, I'm not going to explain why it's awesome. I'm just going to show you. <laughs> I'll start with the title. It's called Captain Lieber, which is a title that everyone goes, what does that mean? Um, I wanted to write a song about someone who is very organised and has their life worked out pretty well even though they've got some hard stuff going on and I thought a ship's captain would be quite a good uh, car, bleh, would be quite a good metaphor for that <laughs> I said without blang um, and uh, uh, so I kind of had that in my in my head but it wasn't like on the paper or anything like that so this was so I wrote this song about a year and a half ago. I was working where I do now still at Warren's Bakery and it was Christmas time. And uh, I just started working there and I've been working there for about a month. And then every now and then I would have to work with um, the assistant manager as opposed to the manager. It's a very small staff where I work. And usually I'd be working with the manager and we get on fine and everything. And every now and then I come into work and it would be the assistant manager. And she was an older lady. And... Um, but I got on really well with her, we just kind of hit it off straight away, even though we were like, quite an age difference. And um, and I still see her from time to time. But anyway, I'd come in and I'd, I'd be A, happy to see her, and B, like, oh shit, I've got to do loads of work today. Because <laughs> she was like... She, <laughs> she runs a tighter shit than you. Very much so. And the manager. <laughs> um, so, which probably wouldn't have fit into the lyrics that well. She runs a tighter shit than the manager. And so I was like, she, she's kind of cool. And like, it would be really quiet because we worked after Christmas too. So Christmas like super busy in a bakery, obviously cakes and bread and everything people want for Christmas. January's quiet. So um, let me know if I go on a bit too much with this. But um, Jan January's nice and quiet. So we'd have like these days together like once or twice a week where she'd just like tell me stories about her life. Because she was like, I don't know, she must be like her mid 60s or something. And she used to work as a nurse. And um, and she told me all these stories. Um, one that comes up in the song is where she she was with this kid, this uh, this little boy. He was about eight or nine, and um, he had cancer. And uh, but he was also kind of let me remember this properly. He was also due to go back to school if he made a recovery. He kind of like had some signs of like making a recovery. You know, the doctors had some good reports from him and everything. Mm. And then she kind of sit by his bedside and uh, she told me that she, she knitted him a new, um, a new school jumper for the new term to kind of make him, I was about to say see the light, but I won't say that, to, to kind of spur him on and go, look, you will be going back to school, don't worry. You know, I'm here with you and everything. Yeah. So that kind of made its way into that. And she was a nurse, like I say, and she just kind of told me about her times with her patients and uh, long nights on the ward. And at the time, I'd, I'd just broken up with um, with my girlfriend at the time. And I was feeling really bad about it. Um, like, now I can kind of go, it's probably for the best for both of us. And it probably would have gone that way eventually at some point. But anyway, I was feeling really guilty and really bad about this. And I kind of talked to her a little bit about it. And um, that's where the first lyric comes from in the song. She always calls me Flower, even when she calls, sees me now. She comes. She doesn't work at Warren's anymore, but she comes into the shop every now and then to get some bread or a cake or something. And she goes, all right, Flower. And I go, all right. I've always wondered what that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, she goes, all right, Flower. And, and I go, oh, you're right. How are you, how are you doing? Um, I was about to say her name, which would make that sound a bit more less weird. Anyway, uh, so... She would call me Flower, and I was like, you wouldn't call me Flower if you knew what I'd done. I've just broken up with this girl, and she was, you know, it was a, it was a messy breakup, and it wasn't a good end and everything, and I feel really bad about it. Um, and then it kind of goes into more about her stories. So you stayed up through the night to go and check on everyone. She's a nurse. And then um, she, the idea is kind of like, 
comparing her to me and she, you know, because I'm feeling bad about myself at this point, you've got to remember, and she's telling me about how she's like taking care of everyone and I'm like, you're making me feel really great over here. <laughs> and, yeah. so, um, and I'm like, okay. And then I wrote this song basically, that's all I could think of to say about it lyrically. Oh, apart from this one thing, her husband came into the shop one day and uh, bought her sandwiches and kissed her on the lips. I was literally about to ask if she did that. <laughs> uh, if he did that. Yeah. And, um, and then the rest of it's fiction. Like, she doesn't actually have a ship, but the metaphor afforded me that <laughs> yeah. poetic yeah. license. Yeah. Metaphorically, she has a ship. In reality, she just has a house. <laughs> exactly. And then Warren sailed away in a sea of pasties. Um, and, um, oh yeah, the, and the other thing I can think to say is Lieber, or Lieber, I don't know how you actually pronounce it. I think it's a German word. Um, is the make of the freezer where I work at Warren's. So now everybody knows. Exactly. Somebody came in over the over the past few weeks and they said, I listened to that song you put out a little while ago, uh, Captain, Captain Libra. And I said, yeah. And I was li literally in the back room at work reading. And I was like, yeah. And I pointed to the freezer and they went, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> but anyway, without any further ado or hullabaloo, this is Captain Libra. Okay, let's start again. You wouldn't call me flower if you knew what I had done. You stayed up through the night to go and check on everyone. It always makes me wonder how you never lost your way. Would you stick around if she was asking you to stay?
nice one, mate. Thanks for joining me on the end of that. I was so tempted to join you from the minute you start going. Oh, you should have done. Like, um, this is one of the few songs of Rogers. I can, I probably there's two that I can play all the all way. All the way through, through, yeah. And this is one of them. It's a song I really like. Like, I love the version of it that's on Winter State Five. The kick-ass rock version. Oh, it had to be like that in, in at least one version. Yeah. I've always thought that song was a lot more metaphorical than it actually was. <laughs> it's really weird because it's a bit psychedelic lyrically, but it's all true. Yeah. It's really weird. It's like... It's all happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the things I do love in the music is just that you do that like... Yeah, which only came about when I started doing that Winter Tape 5 rock version. Because yeah. like, whenever I have drums down on anything, I'm like, I want as much bass and guitar unison stuff as possible. So I could have had it where it just goes... But I was like... It's so much cooler when you have it on guitar and bass. Yeah, so I had that and... Um, and you said like the, the idea of doing a stop because you used to play two verses through and you just used to play she runs a on the second of uh, the last chorus she runs a like another one of those but playing it live you told me you developed the she runs a notice I have to sing Roger's songs an octave down <laughs> Well, it developed to that, and then it developed further when I took it to Winter Tape 5 to um, is replacing the um, the B with a G-sharp major 7. Um, so, it's just one of those songs where, like, I really like the song myself, if I... If I do say so myself and all that, but when you go to record it, it's like you've got to have fun with it. So it's like putting on all those stops, like it's just got to do it. It's, it's just a, so fun to do. It's found its true calling as a big ass rock song. It has, and it started as like a tiny little weekly song. This was weekly song number eight, if I remember correctly. You do remember correctly, yes, because it was uh, my third run, and this was when you were joining me. You were recording yours like well, this was, video wise, weren't you? This was um, your second run, start of your second run. This was my first run. Oh no, I'm sorry, it was my second run. Yeah, yeah. your first. Which was um, this was before I'd written um, No Surprise, but uh, yeah, that was your first one. Then my one for the song. This is quite a turn out depressing thing that that went on for about three and a half minutes. <laughs> I think one of us won that week. There's no winning. <laughs> There's always winning. But um, I think like between Captain Lieber, Tomorrow and The Plan, which are two of Declan's, I think those are like the three that have like made it the furthest, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, there's one that I'd like to make further out of my last set, but it's just I can't sing it. It's the only reason why I don't play it. Which one is it? It's Memories. It's the one that goes... Um... <laughs> I can't sing it in this key. I have to tune the guitar down three semitones to do that. Well, maybe if we ever record it, we could do it in its original key. You sing the entire thing, sing the chorus an octave down, and I could do the octave above. If you want, I'd be more than happy to help you. Um, well, that's the thing. I'm not particularly happy singing. Oh. If you know what I mean, like I'll do it for my own stuff if I can sing it in key. But if it if I can't sing it in the proper key anyway, yeah, I'd rather get someone else to do it all the way through. Be cool with a female vocalist that song. I think. Yeah, I never got to try it, actually. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, um, we're going a bit off topic, aren't we? Yeah, off topic's good. This is like the most this... relaxed I've ever felt in a podcast. It's really weird. Yeah, I'm usually like really tensed up because we've got to like do a new song, but. But Captain Lieber is a fun old song. It is. And it's funny, Captain Lieber has like a really relaxing quality for me. I know this is a real uh, off-topic, but you remember at my album launch? Yeah. I was playing the album front to back and I was really, really tense and anxious about it. And then you played Captain Lieber and suddenly you opened up. <laughs> exactly, I opened like a flower. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't intentional. <laughs> oh, I, do, I do just like perk up every time you start going... 
flower If you knew what I had done Stayed up through the night To go and check on everyone It always made me wonder How you never lost your way Would you stick around If she was asking you to stay But it's off. It's odd how like certain songs you can just do, and it's fine. Mm. Like I know the minute I start going, like I can tend to do that quite well. Like um, yeah, it's it just makes you feel like confident, yeah. doesn't it? That's why I started opening with a lot more. Same thing with um actually. End of the line has been quite good for that as well. Yeah. Because once I've hit, it all depends if I can hit these chorus notes, okay? But the minute I go, we have run away. And it's, I know the note that does it. It's like, it had, is this working out like we had hoped? See, After that one, yeah. I'm fine, I can do anything. And then you go, okay, I've got that. And I'll tell you what, the bit that really is my favourite part of that song is when you go, the next few words are gonna be tricky. I feel like you've hit your stride at that point. Yeah. You know, the beautiful thing about having a new guitar is it won't have too much of a heel, so I can actually get up and play <laughs> these notes. Next few words are gonna be tricky. Sentence get to finalize. Both of us was nowhere, but no one wants to say goodbye. We should probably get wrap up soon, shouldn't we? I guess. Yeah. I guess we should. Okay. Right. So that's it. That's another two songs written and two more dissected on top of that just because we love you so. You bought two and you got two free this week. Exactly. Not weekly, but you know, they're still good. To, well, one of them was weekly. Um, this uh, next podcast that we're going to do is going to have a guest on it. I'm Ooh. excited. Very excited about that. It's Matt Partridge. It's Matt Partridge from the band... Majero. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think you are. M-A-J-A-R-O. He can correct us when he comes on next week if it's wrong, so... Yeah, Matt, leave us a comment if we've pronounced it wrong and give us phonetic guides to how to pronounce it so we don't make tits of ourselves in future. We know Matt from um, an open mic we attend on Thursdays in Perrinporth, and from what we see, Matt is, like, a really good guitarist. He's got a hell of a voice, and the original songs I've heard him play are really good as well. Yeah. So... And it's a bit more rock flavoured, which is nice. It is. That's more kind of your. Well, yeah. we both like our rock, but that's more your writing style. So. Well, it's kind of nice to go out to a open mic night and not see someone just going. <laughs> or doing any of the usual covers. Like... You, I notice you know both of those. <laughs> One of them I had to learn by accident, the other one I had to learn for a gig, and I think it's a nice piece of writing, but I think it's overplayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'll leave you to guess which one is which. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but we'll have a guest on next week. We will. It's always exciting to have a guest. We know we always say it, but we've got a third person in the room, and it's exciting, and one of us has to get the shitty mic, but... You guys don't need to know that behind the curtain stuff. (laughs) We have two really good mics, and one that's like a little... Baby's penis. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm never going to be able to use that mic again. <laughs> I'm literally going to throw it in the bin after we... Um... Then we'll have no mics. <laughs> yeah. No guests ever again. Just me and you. Forever. With right. Hair. <laughs> right, I think this is about as good a place as any to call it. We'll see you next week with Matt. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.